Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Unstoppable Faith this week. I am glad you are joining us and I want to say thank you to our monthly partners who have been making it possible for this program to go around the world. Thank you so very much. On today's program, we are going to have a special guest, Dr. Laura Harris-Smith. She's going to be joining me here. She's a neutropathic doctor with the three degrees in original medicine. Dr. Rola and her husband, Chris, are the founding co-pastors of uh, Eastgate Creative Christian Fellowship in Nashville, Tennessee, where they specialize in helping people get healthy, body, mind, and spirit. Stay tuned and we'll be right back as we look at uh, Give It to God and God to Bed. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here, Dr. Rora, and I'm looking forward to what you have to share on this important topic because uh, there is a lot of stress out there, a lot of anxiety, and uh, as, uh, you know, uh, uh, as an author of this book, I believe uh, you have uh, something so special for all of us. Uh, uh, I was uh, going through some of the questions I have here, and I know it's going to be a great uh, program today to all our viewers from around the world. Uh, those who are joining us on uh, our new, actually, outlet, Life TV, there in Africa, on uh, channel 112, uh, Top Star Decoder. We welcome you as well, and uh, also welcome all the KITV uh, viewers, as well as uh, those listening on uh, Faith FM. Doc, I'm going to go to this very question, first question here. In Give It to God and Go to Bed, you call sleep uh, your nightly trip to healing. How does sleeping help us heal? Does it heal us in more than one way? Oh, sure. Sure it does. You know, what's fascinating and really miraculous is that when we are children, whenever we sleep, there is a hormone that is released into our bodies. God designed it that way. It's called the human growth hormone. And it's what makes you grow. So as a child that is released and you grow, but guess what? It is continual released when we're older too. So when we're older and we go to bed, okay, so we still get it released, but why aren't we 15 feet tall, you say? Well, it's because at night, that's when we heal. If you do not go to bed, I've learned this the hard way, having almost lost my life to sleep deprivation, it literally your organs will go to sleep for you if you don't make yourself go to bed and find the ways to really get proper sleep so for me it wasn't a matter of i couldn't sleep that is a huge problem and that's what i address in the book for me it was a matter of i wouldn't go to sleep i saw sleep as a colossal waste of time i love what i do i, I feel like we have such a short window of time to bring people to the lord here on earth and i i 
don't want to get to heaven and have slept too much. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but God created that time of night for our bodies to have that hormone released, for it to go in and mend whatever's not right. And yes, it is for more than one reason, because also that's when we are a captive audience to God and he can speak to us through prophetic dreams like he did in scripture and like he still does today and like he even promises in Acts 2 and Joel 2 that he will pour out at the at the end days he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh and he talks about dreaming dreams and seeing visions and your daughters and your sons prophesying so we are obviously in that age because the people that I talk to that tell me that their prophetic dreams are increasing it, it blows me away. I am undeniably saying now that we are in that era. Amen. Amen. Now, how do God and uh, rest relate? <laughs> well, we serve a God of rest. I mean, if you think about it, he tells us after he works really hard for these six days, he tells us through his example of creation to rest. So we serve a God of the Sabbath, and it actually, it's a commandment. It's one of nine commandments, we have 10 commandments. And one of them is to observe the Sabbath, and it is a sign for unbelievers, it says in the Old Testament. It says it's a sign for unbelievers. Therefore, when my neighbors, they see me coming back from my house of worship, and I come in the house, and they see us, you know, we're not out there mowing the lawn, we're not doing the laundry, we're not doing this, that, and the other, or going here or there, we are... We are a resting family on on uh, the Sabbath. We rest. Some people take the Sabbath on you know Fridays to Saturday, whatever that is for you. You need a Sabbath, and I really believe. I when people ask me how do you get so much done, I say I'm a Sabbath keeper. I mean, I the, the math is upside down, but if you will chop one day off of your week and off of your work week and give it to God, He will multiply the other time. So. So God and rest relate not only in you know what I described in the first question, which is that he loves to talk to us at that time of night when we're still and our mind is quote unquote turned off, but he also is just a God who desires for us to learn how to enter into the rest of God. I don't think you can get the rest of what God wants for you until you discover the rest of God, to be honest. <laughs> That is that is powerful. That is so powerful. Now, my next question is very interesting because, uh, you know, we use prayer uh, for so many other things. And you've said, uh, you know, we need uh, the rest. But here is the aspect of prayer. You document in your book that um, uh, um, uh, prayer lead to a better night's sleep. Can prayer lead to a better night's sleep? Oh, sure. You know, Kazuba, I have had... I, I don't know, maybe 20 interviews on this book. It's not even been out a month yet. And everybody comes around to that one question. And it, they cannot seem to understand how prayer is going to help you sleep. I even had a couple of secular interviews, and they really don't get it. Because they, they were saying things like, okay, no, really. Like when you're laying there in bed, <laughs> and your mind is swarming with anxieties and stresses. And, you know, I talk about the three main thieves to our sleep being worry, work, and stress. Well, so let's say you're laying there and doing that, and they, were, they said, well, so what do you do? Practically, what do you do? And when I talked to them about prayer, literally, they were like, okay, no, really, can you give me something mechanical that you can do? And I said, listen, 
we are made of three parts body mind and spirit we are made in the image of God and you see the Trinity hard at work in the Garden of Eden already when God said let us make man in our image who was that us and ours the Trinity so you have three parts as well just like they do and so if you try to sleep at night just taking a sleep aid for your body you're treating one-third of yourself if you try to just pray hey what if what if you're just praying and you're ignoring your body and you're watching television and glowing lights until you know 3 a.m. Um, or even if you just treat the mind and you sit there and you you try to watch a calm app or I'm not picking on any certain app but you try to watch an app that makes your mind be peaceful you're, you can't just do one of those things you need to find a plan and I help you find it in the book for your body your mind and your spirit and if you try to solve your insomnia without engaging your spirit you will never do it Wow Wow without engaging your spirit now what are some some ways that people can create a more peaceful environment to relax and wind down in yeah I I included very practical help in the book and I tell you why uh, I used to be a shopping channel TV host and I was the person who sold you things in the middle of the night you probably didn't need. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but, but I loved the bedding shows. We would, I mean, the set was just immaculately, you know, described, um, not just in the product descriptions that we got, but they would, production assistants would come in and they would really decorate it. I mean, the drapes and the curtains and everything. And, and my job was to sit on that bed and the camera would, I would just, sell everything around me now I did not just sell it based on how great these drapes looked. what I did Kazumba was I sold them on the concept of sleep and making your bedroom a sanctuary and so I would just tell them you spend a third of your life in bed you spend a third of your life in the in that bedroom you should you wow. should be sleeping eight hours a day so by the time you're 75 years old you should have slept for 25 years if you want to be healthy body mind and spirit mm -hmm. and so what I try to do in the book in chapter two is say hey let's let's go into your bedroom in fact the whole book takes place in your bedroom every single chapter there's something you're supposed to do in there for yourself or for your room and that chapter deals with let's look at your room itself and the treasures in here and make it a peaceful environment let's get rid of pictures that are sitting around or in frames of people that you have stress with in your life let's get rid of that stack of bills over there on the counter uh, let's get rid of the clutter let's move your bed in a different place let's put some darkening curtains on the window I mean I literally give and and especially on a budget I tell about times when I had no money to do this or change and buy anything but I still made the changes necessary to improve my sleep and uh, I give websites and all kinds of stuff you can go to for decor ideas so <laughs> I did I got really practical on that very issue just how to make your your bedroom and your sleeping environment peaceful and that when you walk in there at night and and you know you've got the lights dimmed um, your body gets the cue and your mind gets the signal this is my time for me and the Lord this is my time for me to to fall asleep and to hear from him those directional dreams I'm sure we're gonna get into that in just a moment about the prophetic dreams that come at night but I, hey I say solve your problems while you sleep let God talk to you <laughs> Man, 
and then so solve your problems while you are sleeping. Now, uh, uh, the next one here I'm, I'm, I'm so interested in is that um, uh, there are so many things that prevent many people from sleeping. So many things. And in the book, you tackle three main things. What are the three biggest factors uh, that prevent us from uh, going to sleep at night? Man, this list could have been so long, but you know what? It all comes down to three things, and that is stress. We all experience it. I mean, the book starts out with saying, you know, on a scale of one to ten, how was your, how stressful was your day? If you just stop and look at all the stress you filter, or even like me, I'm in ministry, I'm filtering other people's stresses. They come to a counseling, and I'm thinking your marriage is still failing. You haven't done the last thing I told you to do last month when we got together. That's stressful for me. Yes. Even though it's their stress. So there's stress. There's also work. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love work. I mean, I, I play hard, but I work hard and I think that we should. And I love what I do. And I do a lot of it from home. Writing is a very hidden work. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the boundaries get fuzzy. You have to learn how to, how to turn off your mind um, and not have it be on work. Kazumba, I one time had a friend who told me that she had a vision of me in my living room, <clears throat> which is right outside of my bedroom. And she said, there's a man in a business suit in this vision. And he was sitting right outside of your bedroom door and wouldn't that allow you to go in at night. And I was like, that, I know exactly what that means. Wow. <laughs> Business keeps me from, from going to sleep. And what's interesting is uh, next year will be 10 years that I started writing a book and it was published the next year, same publisher, Baker Publishing Chosen Books. Uh, it was called Seeing the Voice of God. And I had been contracted to write this book on dreams and visions. And I, at the time, was experiencing some really awful stuff in my body. Like just, I mean, I am fit. I'm in shape. Uh, I'm a farmer's daughter. I've always eaten my vegetables. I couldn't figure out what was going wrong. I exercised. Um, you know, I was a size four. Like, there was no reason all my blood work should be coming back so wonky. I still was not sleeping yeah. well. And I was in, while researching that book, I, and I know we're still on work here, I was talking to a sleep study doctor. I decided to interview him for the book. And he said, you know, if you don't sleep, all of your body systems will start shutting down one by one. Wow. And, uh, and meanwhile, I still didn't make the connection. I'm feverishly taking notes. I didn't make the connection that that's what was going on in my body. And he said, in fact, the first thing that will go crazy are your hormones. Listen, God, Jehovah Sneaky, had to use work to help me study sleep because it was work that was keeping me from sleep. Wow. So I was able to confront my sleep defiance 10 years ago. I, right after that, received a diagnosis um, of, of adrenal burnout. Now, stage four is when all your organs shut down and you die. Mm -hmm. I found out after an accidental test, it was providential, they weren't even supposed to give me that test at the doctor that day, that I had, uh, I was in stage three. And wow. they said, if you live, it will take six. It will take uh, 18 to 24 months to turn this around. You know, make changes wow. or die. Mm -hmm. I went on blood rest for 12 weeks, uh, and in six months, God did what they said it could take up to two years to do. But it required mm -hmm. my full cooperation. And now, I do try to get eight hours at night. I am not a go to bed at nine o'clock person. I'm up until midnight or one o'clock, mm -hmm. 
and I sleep until eight or nine. That's my groove. That's what feels good for me. So I'm spending a lot of time on work, the work portion of the three thieves, because it almost cost me my life. Yeah. And between observing proper rest each night and then the Sabbath on the weekend, uh, man, I feel 20. I'm 56 years old. You know, <laughs> I feel like I'm 20 again. And it's all because of that. So the third thief, so now we have stress and work, is worry. Mm-hmm. And you lay there at night and you think of all the things. You rehearse in your head what you should have said. You rehearse in your mind what you're going to say. Oh, if, if this person is, and am I going to make this? And should I have done this differently? And it is just overwhelming, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, again, create an atmosphere in your room mm-hmm. where you can leave all of that stuff outside of the door. But also, I list in the book the prayers to pray and the verses to say over yourself. Mm-hmm. Change that dynamic that's going on in your worrisome mind. That is not of God. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of, uh, but a sound mind, power, and love. And He is not. He is not in any way the one who's wanting you to lay there and worry about how to help Him do something the next day. I want to go to these here, Doctor Rola. Uh, uh, how does God use our dreams to speak with us? And uh, what is one easy way we can interpret dreams? Can you combine those uh, two questions together? Okay. God, let me tell you how into dreams he is. If he, if you were to take the Bible and cut out everything that has to do with dreams or that happened as a result of a dream or a vision, I have read, I've not studied this myself, but I have read that you would be cutting out almost two-thirds of the Bible. So we think of Solomon and him saying, you know, when asked by the Lord, um, hey, if you could have anything, what would it be? And he doesn't choose riches. He chooses wisdom. That happened in a dream. That didn't happen in real life. Mm -hmm. It happened in the dream life. And that is what you have to watch in your dreams. Watch the decisions you make in your dreams because that's your spirit man talking. Solomon was so sold out to the Lord, his heart was, that he actually made the right decision in the dream. Okay, so you'd have to cut that story out if you didn't believe in in God speaking through dreams. The book of Job says it so clearly. It says he he speaks in one man to one way, another in another, uh, through dreams and visions when a man lays on his bed at night to save his... uh, soul from the pit, save him from destruction. He speaks to him in a dream, but this is the saddest part of that verse. But many do not perceive it. So science says you are having between 16 and 36 dreams every night of your life. It is not a matter of you're not dreaming. If I hear one more person tell me, oh, I don't dream. That's not the issue. The issue is dream recall. So what I go over and give it to God and go to bed and also in seeing the voice of God is the vitamins and minerals that must be taken for you to have proper nutrition, for you to have better dream recall. Sometimes you're not remembering your dreams because you're falling into bed with five hours sleep and hitting what they call REM rebound, rapid eye movement rebound, and your dream you, your dream life's all messed up, and your brain is not nourished enough to even retain that dream by morning. Your brain, you can get your brain so healthy that you can actually have the ability while you're dreaming to know I'm dreaming. This is the Lord speaking to me. I've had it happen before. Wow. I'm dreaming right now. And, uh, and so, it, you know, health plays such a part into this. So you wouldn't normally think that a nutritionist and a naturopathic doctor would be writing about dreams. 
But when I wrote that first book 10 years ago, I told the Lord, I know too many people who've written great dreams on uh, great books on prophetic dreams. And I don't, they're my heroes. I don't want to write the same book twice. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Give me something different. And he told yes. me to bring that bodily part to this. So yes, God speaks through dreams. And I always say, the best interpreter in you is the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is no way that I can sit here in 30 seconds and tell you how to interpret every dream. I do in Give It to God and Go to Bed have a hundred symbol dream dictionary. Um, it couldn't be as exhaustive of, as the one in Seeing the Voice of God, which was a thousand symbols. But I took the hundred most popular ones, most sought after ones, and put them in this book give it to God and go to bed and that helps you interpret so people are leaving it on their nightstand so they can wake up in the morning and interpret but when it comes do, down to it the Holy Spirit is the best interpreter that you will ever have and he will bear witness with things uh, in you and then you can go and share it with someone in your life spiritually whom you either who has authority in your life or whom you trust and they can often confirm it for you. Sometimes he'll give you the dream and give the interpretation to someone else entirely because he wants to keep us needing each other. Amen. Praise God. If you're just joining us on Unstoppable Faith, I have uh, Dr. Rola Harris-Smith, uh, uh, a naturopathic doctor, author of uh, Give It to God and uh, God to Bed, uh, with us here sharing some powerful nuggets. Uh, I'm just enjoying this as a workaholic and uh, minister, very busy schedule. This is really good for me personally. Now, I want to go to this question here as we're touching on uh, dreams. If God can affect uh, dreams, does that mean Satan can also have an impact on our dream? Great question. Do you know one of the types of dreams that I know for a fact God gives because he uses them with me all the time and he used them in scripture were warning dreams. Him telling Joseph in the middle of the night, get up, take Mary and the child and flee. Those type warning dreams are, oh my goodness, they save our lives. And again, that's what that chapter in that verse in Job says. He saves our soul from um, destruction and from the pit. And so a lot of people mistake warning dreams for nightmares. Huh? They think, oh no, I dream something awful is going to happen. And they don't realize that is not a nightmare. That is wartime intelligence. Your <laughs> heavenly father is telling you what your enemy has planned and <laughs> prayer can change it. It can thwart it. And it's so exciting to me that we serve a God who keeps us two steps ahead of our enemy. Yes. I'll wake up someday. I mean, he is so good to me. I sometimes will, I'll dream something so simple like I'm going to have a confrontation with someone and they're going to offend me. And, it, and it's an important relationship, okay? It gives me a running start and I can't tell you it, how many times I get to that meeting, it happens, or I have a chance phone call from that person, it happens, and I'm ready. I'm ready. I know exactly how I'm going to respond in love. I'm not going to become offended and demand my own way. First Corinthians 13 says that's not love. <laughs> and so uh, warning dreams can be everything from that to saving a church. <laughs> I had a dream one time that I'm standing in front of my church door and I look up and this wrecking ball is coming at the church and I'm standing in, in between it and the church. Wow. Um, and I asked the Lord, he put two couples on my mind and sure enough that day a few broke out between those two couples in our church and I mean it affected departments they were key people 
And because we were prepared and because we were warned, we were able to clear our schedules and, and plan some mediation meetings and, and they mended everything. And so warning dreams are, I will say, you bring up the point of can the devil touch our dreams? Well, of course he can try. And of course nightmares are real and night terrors are, are terror. Okay. But I believe that if you are a Christian, Yes. If you have the Holy Spirit of God, you have the authority to tell that devil, you cannot touch my dreams. You need to anoint your bedroom with oil. Pray the prayers I give you in the book and say, off limits, no more. The buck stops here. You cannot touch my dreams. And sometimes people need to go through a deliverance and they need to rid their lives of the things that open the door to these tormenting spirits. I've had people say I had to get rid of all of these records. I had to clear my playlist. I had to quit watching these kinds of movies because I was opening a door wide open to demonic spirits that were tormenting me at night. And let's not forget that God does say in scripture <laughs> that if we do not forgive the way we've been forgiven, then he will turn us over to the tormentors. That parable is, I, I mean, I cannot tell you how many blood-bought, serving-hearted, uh, you know, tithing, spirit-filled Christians I have seen turned over to tormentors because of unforgiveness. That's true. That's that, true. I take you through that in chapter five, which is called mm -hmm. The Junk Under Your Bed. Mm -hmm. And as I said, all the chapters take place in your room, so you've got the junk under your bed, the writing on the wall, the monsters in your closet. That's become a big chapter in chapter three that deals with familiar spirits. Wow. Wow. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. And speaking of dreams, uh, you know, being uh, God giving us uh, uh, ahead of time, what is going to happen? I remember in uh, the book of Judges, when Gideon was afraid uh, to go and take on the Midianite, wow. God had already given the, the dream to the enemy about what he was going to do. And uh, God told uh, Gideon, you take your men if you are afraid, go down to the enemy's camp at night and hear what they are saying. So one yeah. guy was talking about the dream he had, and another one interpreted to say, oh my goodness, that dream can only mean one thing, that God has given Gideon the, the what is going to run us over. So I concur with you on that. That is so powerful and profound. My let, goodness. Let me tell you something about that. Would you or I have the faith to, first of all, God didn't give, it wouldn't be God giving you the dream. You're overhearing somebody that had a dream. Yes. And it wasn't even you. It wasn't even your side. And the dream was about a, a loaf of bread tumbling into the camp. Like this took some serious faith to interpret yes. mm -hmm. and to apply it. And Ezekiel, we can't forget him. He had so many things that we would dismiss as pizza dreams. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we can't do that either. We have to apply faith to the things that we see. I think if I ever err, I'm going to err on the side of faith mm -hmm. and stay prayed up. If yeah. I pray too much, I mean, how can you do that? Yeah. So that's, yes, I totally agree with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, right there, uh, as we are on the dreams here, uh, uh, I want to ask this follow-up question uh, because uh, a lot of people experience these uh, nightmares uh, nightmares really nightmares <laughs> well no I I think that a lot of them are warning dreams and I think 
that the minute we realize that, ooh, this gets juicy because a lot of people's prayer lives are spent pleading with God. Lord, please save my marriage. Lord, please restore those relationships. Lord, please heal my body. God, please give me more money and a better job. Listen, we are not beggars. We are enforcers. Mm -hmm. We are children of God, children of the King, children of the, of the one who made everything. So then why do sometimes things don't get answered the way we pray or in the timely fashion? Because you don't only in your prayer time need to be talking to the Lord. You need to be enforcing and literally addressing the enemies. I'm speaking in the spirit realm. I'm not speaking of going and calling your, you know, the people who are opposing you and land blasting them. I'm just speaking of in prayer. You not only speak to the Lord, but you speak to the devil and you tell him the Lord rebuke you, Satan, and you cannot have my marriage, my body, my health, whatever, my finances. And so then you realize that that warning dream he gives you is fuel for that prayer. Oh, no, you're not going to come and wreck my church. No, 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 no. The, no, I refuse in Jesus' name to allow that to happen. And so it's not that you're spending your whole prayer time talking to the devil. Sometimes you don't even need to give what he's doing oxygen. But if the Lord has prepared you and there's been a warning dream and you even just see the evidence this, he's busy and something, you know, the devil's busy, something wrong is going on, then you need to allow time in your prayers to enforce what Christ did at the cross. I have people say all the time, well, Jesus paid it all, and, and the Lord, if he wants it to work out, it'll work out just fine the way. No, 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 no. Don't sidestep the cross, okay? Jesus paid for everything at the cross, but he also taught you how to pray when his disciples said, you know, show us how to pray. He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And so you wind up with this picture of our prayer time being a balance between declaring to the enemy what will not be. And it could be based on a warning dream, it could be based on whatever, uh, just things you see happening, he's busy with. But you also then need to turn your attention to God and go ahead and thank him for what he's going to do there. I preached a sermon uh, one time and I had a big red ball. And I said, your prayer time should look like this. You take this ball and you bounce it on the ground and that represents the prayers you're gonna aim at hell and you're gonna tell it to leave you alone. And then immediately what happens to that ball? It comes back up. That's what your prayer time then does, your focus does. You send praises up to God for what he's about to do. And then I had, with the help of an assistant, purchased red balls for everybody in the congregation. Now it wasn't a large uh, meeting that day, but there was probably about, I don't know, 80 people there. And the red balls were going every, they were bouncing up and down and people were praying and praying in the spirit. It was, it was amazing. And it gave people that image. Use your dreams, use what's going on in the world, use your world, words from the Lord, all of that. And take that as intelligence information in wartime and let your prayer time reflect it. Push the enemy back and send your praises up to the Lord. Could you tell us about the 10 Days to Deeper Sleep and Dreams program that you've developed? Is yes. it possible for someone to change their sleeping patterns in just 10 days? Mm -hmm. And the reason is you will have just read the book. So you can read the book in two days or two weeks. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the 10 chapters, there's going to be 
a uh, 10 day program that begins and you do need to only do one day per time per day one session per day and it has your review questions there from each chapter and then also a video I have a link there to a good night video for that day where I basically tuck you in pray over you go over everything in the chapter and say hey did you forgive that person hey let's pray about this right now I mean I really engage your spirit it's free counseling session like it's gonna clean the house and I've already had people telling me the book's not even a month old I've had people telling me I am sleeping more I am dreaming more and so I do believe the 10 days can help them and I urge you to read the book but then also engage with those videos to where you're really allowing me to take you in the spirit realm to a place of rest that I I know you won't be able to get to without it. So that's what the 10 days to a lifetime of deeper sleep and dreams is. I encourage you to get uh, I encourage you to get this copy of the book here. Now, first dog, where first can the people go and uh, get a copy of uh, Give It to God and Go to Bed? Well, we ship all over the world. Um, if you get a book from my website, laraharrissmith.com, you're, it's going to be prayed over. It's going to be uh, signed. I, I very much believe if Paul can pray over cloths and aprons and, and people get healed in the book of Acts, then I can treat these books like that and send it into your home <laughs> with an anointing on it. And I have faith for that. But also, if you don't go to lauraharrismith.com, you could find it in your nation's Amazon, wherever you are. Uh, we just we ship all over the world as long as it's a verified address. We do it. Thank you so very much uh, for coming on Unstoppable Faith and for sharing this uh, important topic uh, with our viewers around the world. Thank you. God bless you. And to our viewers, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord watch over you. Until then, uh, shalom, shalom. God bless you. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at and share your testimony.